Fantasy Sports Radio Network. News update. News out of Las Vegas for the Los Angeles Lakers. DeMarcus Cousins has reportedly suffered a knee injury during a Monday workout in Las Vegas. He's currently undergoing further testing by the Lakers medical staff. In the NFL on Wednesday, Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer reported that the Vikings have made Laquan Treadwell available in trades. ESPN's Dan Graziano was reporting Odell Beckham Jr. missed Wednesday's practice with a hit pointer. In baseball, the Minnesota Twins have activated right-handed pitcher Michael Pineda from the 10-day injured list. Pineda will return to the Twins' starting rotation on Thursday night against the Rangers after missing around two weeks with a mild right tricep strain. For the Seattle Mariners, Felix Hernandez threw four scoreless innings in another rehab start Wednesday with low A Everett. And the Oakland Athletics have signed Matt Harvey to a minor league contract. He'll report to Las Vegas. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. On a Thursday afternoon as we get set for week two of the preseason. Four games tonight. A little spread out this time. Last week we had like 11 or 12 on Thursday. But we got preseason games for the next few days. In fact, uh, there's a, two games on Sunday. There's a Monday night game. So a lot more spread out. Allows you to watch more players. So uh, lots going on here. And a lot of values changing for players with a lot of injuries and unsure situations holdouts so a lot going on in fantasy football right now and you need to stay on top of things and the best way to do that is fulltimefantasy.com use the promo code ronus50 you get your first two months for the price of one i have updated my rankings i probably will do more updates today and tomorrow especially as the uh, preseason gets underway and i know People are having drafts this weekend. I have uh, one tomorrow night, the Beat Adam Ronis Online Championship, which you can join at playffwc.com. So if you think you're good, you think you could take me down, you've been hearing me, and you think my advice is not good and you're better, well, here's your opportunity to throw up, to show it. Put your money up, man. Let's go. Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Come and join. Uh, but rankings updated i'll have more updates also i have several articles right now on sports illustrated si.com as part of their fantasy section today uh, article just posted about an hour ago looking at tight end strategy and some of the tight ends in case you miss out on the top three or maybe that's not part of your plan you know you have to decide that and you should know going into a draft obviously there could be values that fall to you and it happened to me in a draft the super flex league that we did two weeks ago in new york I had no designs of taking tight end early. Now, with the super flex league, obviously, the quarterbacks go a little bit earlier. But it was the middle of the fourth round. George Kittle was there. And I said, all right, I already had two running backs and a receiver. And, uh, you know, with the two flex spots, one's a quarterback. I said, all right, I'll take him here. Wasn't part of the plan. But, again, I've always said this. You have to be flexible because I, I so many questions we get. Oh, I got this pick, and I want to start the draft with two running backs and two receivers, who do I take here? No, you can have that blueprint, but you better be adjusting on the fly because you just don't know what's going to happen. And I think every year it's like that, but I think it's even a little bit more wild this year because I've just seen some players go late first, sometimes go mid-second. So 
you don't know what people are going to do. And generally, the first few rounds are the same. And then that's kind of where the separation occurs. And that's where you kind of really win your draft or find those those players. That's what it's been for me the last few years is, you know, getting those breakout players in the middle to double-digit rounds. You know, last year it was guys like uh, Chris Carson was seventh, eighth-round pick, even in Vegas. And he proved to be great. You know, getting Tyler Lockett late. You know, Lockett always had the talent. And, yeah, I know he didn't have a, a, a huge target share and he was very efficient, but – that was a winning pick. Getting Nick Chubb. I had Nick Chubb in four leagues last year and held on and held on. You know, that's why you take those lottery running back tickets late because all it takes is an injury, a trade, or something to happen. And if that talented player goes into a big role, boom, can help you win a league. And Nick Chubb did last year. I mean, he was a league winner. If you had a good team, and that's what happened to me, just held on to Chubb and it worked out. So, you know, we're going to help you find those. Again, our preseason pro picks, that's Partly where we can help you out. We have some of the top high-stakes players around. Kimmer Slicer, Brad Cruz, Mark Deming. Giving you their sleepers, bust, breakout player, comeback player, and stash and cash. Taz has his, Bill Enright, Dr. Roto, Sean Childs. Mine's coming next week. So they'll be up uh, next week for my pick. So those are very valuable. We've had some really game-changing players in those preseason pro picks over the last couple of years. So if you want to check that out, Patrick Mahomes was on it, Matt Ryan, James White, Mike Williams, Chris Godwin. Those are some of the few from last year. So make sure you check that out. We have in-depth team outlooks that are being updated with some of the things that are changing and uh, ADP analysis from Sean Child looking at the tight end landscape, which is important. You know, last year, if you go look at the tight ends, there are a lot of players drafted outside of the top 10 that finished in the top 10. And that's what you're hoping for, especially when you miss out on the elite. You know, George Kittle last year was a nice value. Wrote an article on him in the draft kit last year saying he was the guy to target in the middle rounds, yet I had, like, no shares of him. So it's always good when you write something and then you're not able to do it. But hopefully it helped you guys and the readers of Full-Time Fantasy win. Uh, Austin Hooper was drafted late. Eric Ebron. So that's what we're trying to do, we're trying to find those guys. So check out that tight end ADP analysis uh, from Sean Childs. So, again, there's a online championship reviews. I got quarterbacks, running backs, receivers to target late. And, again, a lot on Sports Illustrated as well as we're contributing content for them. There's a 10-team mock draft up that's reviewed there. I got uh, tight end, wide receiver strategy, running back handcuffs, quarterback strategy, a debate on Tiger Early. So there's a lot of content up there. And if you have any specific questions, ask them on the message boards in the forum. That's at fulltimefantasy.com. And head on over to playffwc.com. We got drafts tonight. Starter basketball draft at 8 p.m. Eastern. An online championship draft at 9 p.m. Eastern. And a starter full season draft at 10 p.m. Eastern. And, uh, again, the online championship beat out of Ronis tomorrow, Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern. So jump into that. Lots of uh, different uh, price, price points uh, and different formats to to jump into. So check it out. Also, mockdraftnow.com. It is free. You can mock draft in five minutes and win prizes. So check it out. All right, let's take a look at some of the top news going on right now. And, man, it just keeps getting worse for Andrew Luck. I mean, I don't uh, – it's just every day we're dealing with something. We don't know what the injury is. Now there's talk that he might not be ready for week one. 
they want to name a starting quarterback by next week uh, at the end of the third preseason game, which is a dress rehearsal. So, you know, they're saying if unless luck makes a miraculous recovery, you know, you're probably seeing Jacoby Brissett in week one. So it's not a calf issue or an ankle issue. It's an accumulation over time. Remember, he's been dealing with this for several months. This has been going on for a while. So this is a, kind of the first time that we've heard the possibility of him sitting week one. And then who knows after that? So if he doesn't start practicing next week and it doesn't look good, you're probably not going to see him. So what do you do now? Where do you take Andrew Luck? Does he become a value? Can you trust the Colts diagnosis? We all know what happened two years ago. So we'll break it down. Did a mock draft last night for Sports Illustrated. How far did Andrew Luck fall? And was it the right move to take him in that spot? I'll let you know next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Back here it is, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Coming up at 3.40 p.m. East, they'll be joined by Mike Blewett. He's a FNTSY radio host, so we'll talk football with him coming up at that time. You can always check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Updated rankings, and there's just constant movement. So much going on. So much news right now with injuries and holdouts and just a lot of questionable situations. So we got to constantly adjust the ranks. Use the promo code RONUS50, get your first two months for the price of one. So I was talking about Andrew Luck and what you should do with him. He's obviously dropping in drafts right now, and he should be because, you know, the quarterback is a deep position. Uh, the last couple drafts we've seen Luck go 104, 106, 110, 105. So his ADP is dropping. That's for sure. And it's going to continue to drop. It's a very deep position, the quarterback. And, you know, I did have Luck as my number two quarterback going into the season, and Obviously, I have to drop them now. And there's two ways to do this with luck. You can say you believe he'll be ready week one or two, not miss much time, and now he's a value. And it's easy in a league with 20 roster spots to get a backup quarterback. I've made this clear. If I have a 16-round draft, 16 rosters, I'm not taking a backup quarterback, especially now when we have three weeks to the start of the season. Now, if I have 20 rounds, I will take a backup quarterback. But in 16 rounds, I want to maximize every roster spot. And even in a 14-team league, my home league last year was, the last few years been 14 teams, I did not take a backup quarterback there. A lot of others did. Sure, you can say it's risky, because what if that quarterback gets injured? Say I did that last year with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he was my only quarterback, and he got hurt in week three. What am I looking at on the waiver wire? It's a fair point, you know, but so you got to take risk in everything. <laughs> There's risk in life and everything we do every day. So for me, generally, I'm not taking a second quarterback. Now, if I take Andrew Luck, I think you have to have a backup quarterback right now because we don't know if he's going to be ready for week one. So in a 20-round draft, 
You have to make that decision. All right. You know, you're sitting there around 10 or 11. Do you take a block? Knowing that you can come back either next round or a couple rounds later and still get a good quarterback. There you might take the shot because you know Luck's ceiling when he's healthy is pretty large. 39 touchdown passes last year. Great offensive line. Do you know how many times Andrew Luck was sacked last year? 18. He was barely touched. Barely touched. They did a great job building that offensive lineup. They have weapons. If Jack Doyle's healthy, that helps the tight ends. Ebron was good last year in the red zone. T.Y. Hilton, we know what he can do. Bring in Paris Campbell. Add Devin Funches. Don't love him, but he is a big body. So there's a lot of weapons here. Naheem Hines out of the backfield. There's a lot of weapons here for Luck to produce. But we have no idea what the injury is, and it's taking forever. So generally, I'm not going to take him. Now, in the mock we did yesterday, it's 14 teams. Andrew Luck went in round 11 as the 10th quarterback off the board. The team did not take a backup quarterback. Now, not a big deal. It's a mock, Okay. And there were only 17 quarterbacks drafted, which means there's several good quarterbacks on the waiver wire. So maybe that team read this and saw the draft was going and said, ah, if this was real, I'll pick up a quarterback for week one or week two, which is fine. So that's the, the issue you have to figure out what you want to do. But, yeah, luck will be going down my draft board. And, again, there's just so much depth at quarterback. But luck does present a huge ceiling when he's healthy. We saw it last year. So you kind of have to make that decision, and it also depends on when your draft is. You know, I did get a question with Luck as a keeper. I don't think there was rounds. I wouldn't keep him. Just not not in every situation. Obviously, context is needed. But in general, not going to keep him at this point. There's just too much, too many question marks here. We're just not even sure exactly what it is. It goes from a calf to a high ankle to just don't know. Like, we're, we're not getting details here on exactly what's going on uh speaking of quarterbacks so cam newton i think has been a bargain i mean i really do it's crazy how we everyone loves mccaffrey dj moore curtis samuel who's just getting so much buzz right now uh greg olson some people like uh, i'm a little worried i mean he's cheap cam newton's dp in the fantasy football World championship right now is 143 and again context needed quarterbacks go late here Understand that. But, man, that's just such a good price to get Cam Newton. I mean, Cam Newton has always been, when healthy, a top-five quarterback. And we are worried a little bit about his shoulder here coming off the surgery. They've taken it real easy with him. But I have seen a couple passes where he's unleashed it deep, and it's looked fine. And there are reports that in camp that he is throwing the deep ball well. And Newton's a, a guy that has not thrown for 4,000 yards since his rookie year. He's only thrown more than 25 touchdown passes once. But this is where people lose sight of what running quarterbacks do for fantasy. I mean, Cam Newton always runs the football. And maybe he runs a little less this year. But Cam has said it before. If he sees something, he's going to take off. So they're saying Newton has made a nice turnaround. Um, that, you know, earlier in camp, uh, well, late last year. I mean, I think we all knew it. If you watch camp play, that shoulder was a problem. They probably should have shut him down earlier. I watched all or nothing. You could see it. It was a problem, but they were still mathematically alive for the wild card hunt, so they kept him in there. But, man, if Cam Newton can't throw that deep ball with D.J. Moore and Curtis Samuel, man, this is going to be a really good offense. So uh, from the drafts I've seen, Cam Newton is undervalued right now. 
Uh, again, and that's one of the benefits of drafting early. We'll see how much higher he goes, but and, and it's just this offense is shaping up to be pretty good, and maybe Cam Newton potentially has a career year, but I, I definitely don't mind Cam Newton right now as my QB1, especially his price. I mean, it's, it's a really nice price right now. And the bus continues on Curtis Samuel. And again, one of the benefits of drafting early. You draft a month ago, you're getting Curtis Samuel's own nice value. I mean, all you hear each and every single day is how great Curtis Samuel has been and how no one has been able to cover him, and he's making great plays every single day. So I still think DJ Moore is the better pick. I know he's going earlier, but the Samuel hype has been building up. And I think both can be good. I mean, we saw DJ Moore in a small sample last year. Remember, DJ Moore didn't play 50% of the snaps or more until week seven. He had close to 900 yards, only two touchdowns. Got to think he gets more touchdowns in this offense. And and Samuel's fine, too. He's just really moving up the draft board. I mean, you have to pay a pretty high price tag right now to get Curtis Samuel, and I think it's only going to continue to build. Because, again, the reports coming out of camp each and every day are just so, so positive for a guy like Curtis Samuel. So just be prepared. If you want him, uh, you might have to be a little aggressive on him. And that happens. You know, you you know that the price is building up, and that's always the key is, okay, do you pay that price tag or is it too much? And you have to make that decision on what to do with these players because there's a ton of players right now that are getting – a lot of hype and the decision has to be made all right is the price still appropriate or is it an overpay and it happens in every fantasy sport there's always players that get that hype that buzz in the preseason in training camp they move up draft boards it's so funny how people say yeah preseason doesn't mean much you know how much movement there has been already it's a ton and i've been drafting for a couple months now and it's insane how so many players have moved up or down just based on, on training camp. But I do think Cam Newton is a guy that should be moving up and looks like a nice value right now. We talked a little bit about it in the first out, but, man, Mike Gusecki, the tight end for the Dolphins, because a couple months ago I thought this was a guy I would want as my backup tight end in the later rounds. He's very athletic, measured very well at the combine. And, yeah, he didn't do much in his rookie year, but a lot of tight ends don't. But they are saying that. There's, there haven't been any positive reports out with Gusecki here. They say he continues to struggle in training camp, and it, he hasn't improved at all. And Nick O'Leary has been the better tight end. So that's kind of soured me on Gusecki right now. He's probably not going to be drafted in a lot of leagues. So if, if this proves to be nothing and he gets off to a good start, you could always pick him up. But his ADP right now is 249. And in the last 10 drafts, he's only been selected four times. And you understand why. You just haven't seen anything positive. You know there's talent there. But you don't know if he's going to produce right now. And the reports have just not been positive at all when it comes to a guy like Gusecki. Lots more ahead here as we kind of go through some of the top headlines across football. You're listening to Full Time Fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here it is, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. Getting a little bit closer to the start of the NFL season. More preseason games. Four on the board tonight. And if you're ready to draft, play FFWC.com. Got three drafts tonight. And, of course, Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, the online championship beat Adam Ronis League. So step on up. See if you can take me down. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Will you receive a free bet of up to $500? That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 21 and over. New Jersey only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See website for details. Certainly like a little sports wagering for sure. Unfortunate to be in Jersey where it's legal. It's so awesome. So I hope it starts coming to more and more states. Obviously it is. Growing and it's so nice to just kind of go to your phone and uh, make that selection of uh, what you believe in, and it's uh, it's been fun. So it's been a little quiet lately for me. I got to get back. I had a lot of NBA, was doing some baseball, but just so wrapped up right now in fantasy football. Just, just drafts every day, writing, updating rankings. You know, it's just a real busy time. So I'll get back into it. Uh, I'm sure once NFL season starts. Amari uh, Cooper is dealing with uh, a little plantar fasciitis. They're saying it's not that bad, but that's not an injury to take lightly. Uh, it's it's a very painful, and I know it's sometimes there, sometimes goes away. So it is a little bit of concern for Cooper, who obviously was good last year when he went to Dallas. I know he had a couple down games, but he really changed that offense. And, you know, he's a big piece. So they're already missing Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper and, now, I thought this was shaping up to be a good year for the Cowboys, but certainly a little bit of concern now heading into the season. You hope that there this isn't too bad for Cooper, who is he's dropping a little bit. His ADP is 27, so you're looking at the mid-third round. I know Cooper throughout his career has been inconsistent, but I think, again, different team, different quarterback, and he showed last year a quick rapport with Dak Prescott coming over in the middle of the year. So I did drop Cooper just a little bit. Uh, Kenyon Drake obviously got injured uh, this week in practice. He was in a walking boot yesterday. And you're hearing a lot of positive reports on Cable Balage. I'm afraid his ADP might climb too high. I mean, I don't think you want to overreach for him because we don't know how long Drake's going to be out. And Drake's still going to have a role in the passing game. Balazs ADP, though, is right now is 106 in the Fantasy Football World Championship. It's gone as early as 87. 
I did take him in a draft that I did last night with uh, some people in the industry. Uh, that's because I really waited on running back. So I took him at first pick of round nine as my fourth RB. So I thought at that point it was a pretty good value. Uh, I already had, you know, there was some decent receivers on the board, but I thought he was the best play right there. And, uh, you know, I'm not investing a lot. I'm not relying on him because it might not work out. And you got to be careful. You heard all these positive reports, how good he looks. It's training camp. Uh, and Drake obviously is going to fall now. And it, it really hasn't been positive for Drake, you know, basically this entire preseason. I think people thought he might be the guy that gets the big workload. And with Adam Gase gone, it just hasn't happened. So, in the mock that we did last night for Kenyon Drake, uh, he went – he might have went earlier than I thought. Uh, he went I, – I don't even see him here. Where did Kenyon Drake go? Oh, wow, RB40. So, he did fall. This is a 14-team league. He went as the RB40 in seventh round. Kalen Balazs was the RB37 also in round seven. So, man, you could see the stock falling. For Kenyon Drake, and you can understand why it's not a good offense. What's his role going to be? Uh, I still would consider drafting him. Uh, he might become the value now if this injury is not that serious. I mean, there's always a chance he's ready for week one, but people react. And, you know, with injuries, I think there's a lot of people now that just kind of take the cautious approach and say, you know what? I'm going to avoid it because you know you're going to get injuries at some point during the season, whether it's week one, two, or three. And then if you already have a guy dealing with it on your bench and they multiply, then it becomes an issue. So you definitely have to take that into consideration. George Kittle has been dealing with a mild calf strain. He hasn't practiced much over the last week. Slight concern. Again, this happened to me last year. Kittle had a shoulder injury probably around this time of the year. And I was in a draft, and I said, I'm mm, going to pass on him. Even though I wrote him up as a tight end to target, it's just in the back of my mind that injury was there, and he's kind of had a history with injuries, and I passed. And obviously that turned out to be a, a bad one there uh, because he obviously went off. Odell Beckham is dealing with a hip pointer, and they're saying it's not serious, and that if there was a game he would play. But that's the one concern with Beckham that I have. And I think there are some people who are very aggressive on Beckham and you can understand why he's going into an offense with Baker Mayfield as his quarterback. And anyone who has watched Eli Manning over the last couple of years knows how inaccurate he has been. Beckham could have even had bigger numbers and he still had years with big numbers. Now you go into an offense that's ascending with Baker Mayfield and you know, he could put up monstrous numbers. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say, he finished this year as the wide receiver one. It is certainly possible if this offense clicks like we think, and it was very good last year once Hugh Jackson was gone and they gave Baker Mayfield the opportunity to play. Now, Coach Freddie Kitchen said he thinks if it was the regular season, Beckham would play. But, but you know, either way, it's some type of hip injury because there's been kind of different reports and no one's kind of said exactly what it is, but it is day-to-day. It sounds like he should be good to go for next week. But, you know, if you have him close with another receiver, you know, you might say, uh, you know, he has something I'm not sure about. Maybe they go the other way. And it's kind of a tiebreaker. But there's definitely huge upside for Beckham if he can stay healthy. And, again, it's a great situation there. And Beckham has generally gone 
fifth, sixth receiver off the board. His ADP right now in the Fantasy Football World Championship is 12. So we're seeing a, a lot of the receivers starting to creep up in that round right now. Because we got, let's see, we got six receivers in the first round right now at ADP. Six running backs, six receivers. And I think for a while, we thought it might be like eight, eight, four in favor of running backs, nine, three, at least during the offseason, how things were going. But you're starting to see some of those running backs fall down the board. Obviously, Melvin Gordon was pretty much a guy that was going in the first round for a good portion of the offseason. But obviously, that has changed. We're still seeing Zeke with an ADP of four. But the last few drafts, he has gone seven and ten. But three of the last four, he's gone four. So people still have confidence that he potentially could be ready for week one uh, at this point. But Beckham... Certainly fine to take on that one-two turn because there's definitely big, big upside for him this year. There's no question about it. Uh, if he could stay healthy, uh, then, you know, he, he should produce. Chris Carson, I think you're going to start to see him move up draft boards now because there's been a lot of positive reports on him. And Carson, in this mock draft that we did last night, he was the 18th running back off the board in round three of a 14-team league. That's as high as I've seen him go. But again, it's been nothing but positive things for Carson. Pete Carroll talking about getting him the ball more in the passing game. His ADP is 57, but it's already changed. I mean, the last five drafts, we've seen 44, 44, and 36. I mean, this is, look, look how this stock has changed, okay? We saw him go 89, 63, 67, 70, 63. Then all of a sudden, 36, 48, 52, 44, 44. Like, all of a sudden, he's become a fourth-round running back when we've seen him at times go around six or seven. So, Carson was excellent last year. You do any running back, you worry about injury. But I think with Carson, he's he's had a few injuries at the broken leg. He had some issue last year. He's very physical when he runs. You know, we talk about breaking tackles, and he breaks a ton. The one risk with that is when you're breaking a lot of tackles, means you're getting hit more, and it's more of a penchant for getting injuries. So they are saying that he could get 50 targets in this offense, and obviously that would help him because if he can get into the 30 to 35 catch range, certainly will help him. You know, he averaged 4.7 yards per carry last year, and they were among the league leaders in running the football, and that shouldn't change. This doesn't mean bad news for Rashad Penny. I think this might cause people to push Penny down the board, and uh, I would take advantage of that. In fact, the last draft, Penny went 89. Again, if Seattle gets to do what it wants, and that is running the football, there's going to be enough touches for Penny. Mike Davis averaged about 10 touches per game last year, so if Penny's in that range, he's going to be fine. He's going to be someone you could use in a flex spot, even an RB2 if you're loaded at wide receiver every week. And, of course, there's always the potential of Carson going down and Penny goes into an every-down roll in that offense. It's going to skyrocket his value. So, you know, that is a running back in that range that I am willing to take. And with all this Carson buzz and hype, it's going to push Penny down a little bit. And I think that's a buying opportunity. I really do. Because even if Carson gets two-thirds of the touches – if they run like they want to, is going to be enough there 
for a guy like Richard Penny to succeed. So it's one of those cases where I kind of like seeing the stock go down because he becomes a little bit more affordable. So this is really what you have to pay attention to here in preseason. You're going to see players move up and down, and it's going to cause some values to be presented to you. And I think Penny is one of them right now. When we return, I'll be joined by Mike Blewett. You hear him here on FNTSY Radio. He will join me next to talk some more football here on Full-Time Fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern on a Thursday afternoon. And joining me now, someone I haven't spoke with in a while. It is Mike Blewett. You hear him here on FNTSY Radio. Mike, what's going on? How you doing, Adam? Thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm excited. It's, as you said during the break, it's that busy time of year. So we're just uh, racing to the finish line, which is really the starting line all over again. Yeah, you know, we draft. When you do this as you know your full-time job you have you draft all the time and you play in a lot of leagues so you kind of spread it around but I have a, a draft uh Friday night and Sunday and I feel like eh, I kind of wish it was a little later we just have so many question marks right now but that's part of what you do is you know you're drafting all the time but when is the ideal time for you to draft if you said you had one big money draft and you could have it at the ideal time when's the best time to draft for you I think you just wait till that very last weekend. Uh, you try to get everybody's schedules aligned, and somewhere between, you know, August thirty first and the start of the season would be my ideal time. I understand that at that point, there are some values that you won't get in the same way. You said during the break, Curtis Samuel was fun to get a couple of weeks weeks ago before the hype train got out of control. But for me, I feel pretty good, even not getting those values with having more information. Like, we'll know where the Cowboys are at, potentially with one or two or three of their guys, so then you can feel a lot more comfortable drafting them. I, I want as much information as possible. Yeah, and others feel differently. They feel like, hey, I, I, it's better uh, with the less information out there because they can get those values. Of course, you know, you can yeah. run into landmines too. I mean, there were people drafting Andrew Luck as the second quarterback off the board just two, three weeks ago. Obviously, right. he's going to fall right now. You know, what do you do with a guy like Luck? Do you say, you know what, he's a value right now. He was the 10th quarterback off the board in our Sports Illustrated mock last night. You can, there's enough depth at quarterback that you can draft another one even in the later rounds. Do you say, you know what, there's too much value to pass up there. He could still be a top three quarterback. Or you say, I just don't know what the injury is and I'm going to avoid it because what if he misses an extended period of time? How do you view Luck right now if you're drafting tonight? I'd say it's definitely more the latter than the former because you remember two years ago, people were saying that same thing. Uh, he's dropping too far. I have to take a shot on him at some point, and they didn't play the whole season. For somebody like this, it's really complicated because he's obviously one of the most talented players in the league at the position and is in a fantasy-friendly offense or will be. But at this point, we've seen him sit out an entire season. We know that this calf injury, which is now potentially a bone issue, has been going on for months. So 
given the fact that they handle him with kid gloves, why do I have – I have no expectation now that he's going to play all 16 games. They're putting the pressure on to make a decision by week three. So we're about eight days away from them having – maybe ten days away from them having to make a decision on it. And I just think the quarterback position is so tight, Adam, that I'll take my shots at somebody else. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are going to feel that way. There's so much depth at the position. Why take a shot on a guy where we just don't know what his status is right now? We're not even sure what the injury is. It went from a calf to a high ankle to a bone. Right. It just there's just so it's much for months. Yeah, that's it's the thing. Months. It is. It's been going on for a long time. I heard in OTAs. This didn't happen a week and a half ago when he got to camp. It's been going on for OTAs when he couldn't fully practice. Yeah, and it's concerning that we don't know. How, what are your thoughts on Damian Williams? He went from everyone like, yeah, he's the RB1, to Andy Reid making comments a week or so ago that it's a committee, and then Williams back running with the one. Obviously, he doesn't have that track record of a whole season of carrying the workload, but it's the Chiefs offense, and we know the running back has great value, especially in an Andy Reid offense. So is Damian Williams worth that pick late second, early third round, or do you have concerns that he's not going to have the job the entire year? <sighs> This, this one is pretty interesting because we know we like backs in Andy Reid's offense, as you said. But do we really think that one of the other guys is going to rip that job out of his hands? I, I'm, I'm not as negative on Carlos Hyde as most of the fantasy industry is, but it doesn't mean I'm high on him. I just think that it would be a shock if Williams was replaced at some point due to poor play. The only thing you can think is, well, maybe this is just a committee. And, yes, Williams performed well in a short period of time, but nobody conceivably should think that he's going to go from uh, released by Miami to the Chiefs starting running back in a relatively short period of time. I'm more likely to believe the committee, with him being the primary back, than him losing the job at any point. It does throw a little cold water on the value for me, um, but I think this is going to be a draft-by-draft draft dependency type of move, right? If I'm going wide receiver, wide receiver, and I can get Williams in the third, uh, I think that's the type of thing that I'll do. Or maybe I have a strong back because I picked early in the first, and I can take Williams as my second back. That, that's the type of thing that you'll really have to figure out draft-by-draft. Draft. I'm joined by Mike Blewett here. You can find him on FNTSY Radio. Leonard Fournette. He's a third-round pick now. He used to go in the first. We know the positives. We know the negatives. Are you buying into Fournette in that third-round ADP? So Davis Maddock uh, from Roto Experts wrote a really good article this week about three running backs that could swing your fantasy football season. And you're probably going to hold your breath when you draft him. But there's something about the Jaguars this season that is enticing for this reason. I, I don't think there's many draftable assets on this team at all. You have Westbrook, you have the defense, and you have Fournette. And Fournette is obviously, even with him plummeting relative to last year, there's still a lot of value there. We know they're going to run the ball a lot, Ronis, and we know that they're going to play good defense. They're probably the best bet on the board as far as a worst-to-first team. I don't think they'll do it, but they're, they're the best bet on the board because of lust issue, the Texans' offensive line. Do we think Tennessee is falling apart? Like, you could, you could make a case for the Jaguars 
going worst to first. It's happened 15 of the last 16 years. And the way they would do that is if Fournette is touching that ball 300 times. A few more passes than he's seen in the past. If he stays healthy, there isn't a reason that I think Leonard Fournette's going to fail. We know all the issues with him, but if he did stay healthy, they're not going to fail. It's, it's not that much different than Devonta Freeman. I understand he's a much more high-powered offense in Atlanta, but if Freeman stayed healthy, he's a huge success for you, right? Yeah, and I think that's what you're looking Basically, those running backs in the third round, it's the same thing with all of them. Like you said, Freeman health, Fournette health. Marlon Mack more so is he is the offense going to be good enough that he gets double-digit touchdowns? He's not involved in the past game. Aaron Jones, health. I think we all know Aaron Jones averaged 5.5 yards per carry in his career. It's all about getting the opportunity. He's had the knee issues. He had a hammy here in camp. That's why he goes there. So basically all those running backs in the third round, it's kind of a health issue. Yeah, and you got Josh Jacobs in there, Derek Henry, that whole group jammed together. You can take shots at all of them. It probably starts, frankly, with Melvin Gordon and Damian Williams and continues all the way there through the teens. I'm looking at the NFFC ADPs right now, and the one guy I feel okay about of that whole group is on Johnson. I just think I think they're going to be dedicated to the run, and he's going to see enough touches that you don't have to be worried about it. I can't guarantee he's going to be a superstar, but I'm less worried about him than the others. Well, I can tell you this. He is rising up draft boards rapidly yeah, in the no. Fantasy Football World Championships. His ADP right now is 24, and the last yeah. few drafts, 22, 23, 26. So, again, that goal, if you were drafting a few weeks ago, you were able to get him late third, early fourth, and then I guess yeah. it was the theoretic uh, being cut Definitely. that all of a sudden it, pushed him up. It was that, and I think there's been a lot of reports that just lead you to believe that Patricia is going to go further into his old-school mentality. They're going to try and play better defense. They're going to try and run the ball. My concern is that I don't know if Patricia's a good enough coach to win uh, the close games that he'll be involved in by playing offense like that, and I don't know if Matt Stafford's going to like it. I mean, he's known for throwing the ball. He's a good passer of the football. He's just not really been surrounded by great players outside of Calvin Johnson. Mike, what is your plan of attack with the tight end this year? Are you willing to spend an early pick on one of those three top tight ends, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, or do you find yourself not liking the way your roster is constructed when you do that? Very often I don't like, the, if I'm going in clean, a redraft league, I don't like the way the roster looks. Uh, obviously this is going to be dependent on scoring, but I already have shares of Ertz from Keeper Leagues and Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I went after him early. That's obviously a league that places an emphasis on the tight end. But I typically don't love the way it looks. Uh, I'm more open than I was to it in the past. In the past, it was like, well, you can take Gronk in the first round and then hope he stays healthy. Uh, Gronk blew up on me last year in the third round. Uh, I'm open to it, but more often than not, I'm going to go a different route. Because the position is such a mess, Adam, every year, if you don't get one of those three, you're just kind of taking shots. We all know that, yeah, Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard and Vance McDonald is obviously the darling right now, fantasy footballers. But typically, after those top three guys, every year, it's a mess. Because guys get hurt. Delaney Walker missed a whole year last year. Jimmy Graham didn't perform, and we thought he's going to blow up with Aaron Rodgers. It's year after year. We just see it be a complete mess. So I get that you're taking your chances after you avoid the first three, but you're not any smarter than the rest of us if you take the fourth or fifth tight end off the board because that guy might be 12th by the end of the year. 
We're seeing Kalen Balaj shoot up draft boards. Kenyon Drake yeah. in a walking boot. Balaj has been getting a lot of the first-team snaps. Is Balaj still a good value right now, or do you think he'll become more valid? In the mock we did last night, he was RB37 in round seven. This was a 14-team okay. league, right? Yeah. I took yeah, him. I did a 12-team industry draft last night and got him first pick around nine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, at, at, you start getting potential starting running backs in round nine, you're good to go. I just think that this is going to be the worst team in football. Their offensive line matches up with that. I think whoever's out there is going to struggle. So you're going to see a lack of efficiency that will have to be made up for perhaps by a volume of touches. Think of Peyton Barber last year. It didn't look pretty, but there was enough touches that you could throw him in a flex every week. I don't, Kalen Balaj is really talented. In fact, a college guys on FNTSY, Rich Germanello and Joe Lisi, really like Balaj coming out of Arizona State, and they think he's talented. I just think this is going to be a really tough offense. I don't care if it's Fitz or Rosen or whoever's running it. Um, there's a long way to go for this offense, and I don't know that you'll like the efficiency, but that value where you got him is really good. David Montgomery, a shut-up draft boards based on that one preseason game. Is it justified or too much hype? I think probably a little bit too much hype. Long-term, I, I think there's a spot for Montgomery there that you'll be excited about. But he's not going to take the job and run with it. You have Cohen taking a lot of touches. There are a lot of mouths to feed in the Chicago offense. I don't think Mike Davis is insignificant. He doesn't get mentioned, but he should be mentioned at least in terms of taking enough touches to hurt the other guy's value. The one important thing to note about the Bears is, yes, they have Matt Nagy, who came from the Andy Reid coaching tree, and they had a great season last year. They were ninth in points scored. But the rest of their offensive statistics down the line do not belie a team that was great offensively. They were pretty good. Mitch Trubisky, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, but six of those touchdowns are in one game. So it's 18 and 12. I don't like that ratio at all. And I think the Bears have an opportunity to take a step back, and that offense could be middle of the road. I was really hoping for Allen Robinson to bounce back. I just don't know that there's going to be enough catches for him to be really impactful at him mike let people know when they can hear you next yeah so you find me on twitter at mike Blewett, uh but i'll be on this saturday morning on weekend fantasy update with george kurtz and joe galena all right mike always good talking to you and hopefully we'll get to chat again soon definitely do it again thanks adam all right again that is mike Blewett. you can hear him here on fntsy radio when we return, we'll wrap it up, get you set for the preseason games tonight. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here for a few more minutes on a Thursday afternoon. Week two of the preseason begins tonight. Four games, so that makes it easier to digest a little bit. We had a ton last week, but we got the Eagles and Jaguars tonight. 
The Jaguars didn't play anyone last week. Like half the roster didn't play. The Jets are taking on the Falcons. Bengals taking on the Redskins. Packers, Ravens in their five games. Raiders, Cardinals. That's the game on ESPN where we'll be looking forward to seeing Kyler Murray again. He was very good in his first outing. Pretty sharp. Six of seven. Obviously, you know, going against the vanilla defense. But still, you like that he sort of came out. You like the way he looked. Now, Murray is definitely someone that's going early in drafts. Going to write a piece on Murray next week in Sports Illustrated. Going to have a debate on whether to draft him or not. Kyler Murray, in the mock last night, went as the sixth quarterback off the board of Rowdy to Dr. Roto. So, Murray, I think people are looking at the high-octane offense, running a lot of plays, the air raid, think it'll put up numbers. Plus, he can run. And again, we know what running quarterbacks can do. There's still a lot of people out there that don't grasp this. They really don't. I was getting a lot of pushback on the Sports Illustrated article when I talked about quarterbacks and Lamar Jackson. People don't realize Lamar Jackson didn't even put many passes in the air last year. It was like games of 25 pass attempts. He was still a QB1. When these quarterbacks run, it means a lot. So that's why people are excited on Murray, although it is a high price tag right now. It really is costing a lot. Uh, by the way, also uh, Ezekiel Elliott, according to uh, Adam Schefter, is in good shape as far as his weight, staying in shape there in uh, Cabo. Uh, he's in the low 220s and uh, should be good to go if they come to an agreement. Let's hope it is soon. I mean, as he, obviously, as a Cowboys fan, I want to see him out there and for fantasy purposes, too. Although, I don't have a four pick this weekend. I got a late pick. So, if he falls to me at 12, I might take him. But I doubt he will. You never know, though. People get scared. A lot of money. Head on over to playffwc.com. Hop in a draft tonight. Or, if you think you're good enough, take me on Friday night. 10 p.m. Eastern in the beat out of Monus Online Championship. That wraps it up. I'll be back Friday afternoon, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.